Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. Hey, this is Michael Wagner, and you're listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. Welcome to the Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And this is episode 121, and we're going to be talking about Cover All World Black in Volume 2. There's so much exciting stuff on this episode. So first of all, the reason that we're doing this episode on Cover All World Black in Volume 2 is, surprise, surprise, it's now available for everybody. For everybody. So anyone who wants it, you can clickety-clack over to metaluppyourpodcast.com. You can buy it for $5.98. That's right. And uh, we're excited to explore it, and we get asked all the time about how we made these things, and for those of you who don't really know, first of all, welcome to the show. We're an all-Metallica podcast. <laughs> welcome. We have a Patreon that we love. We have a cool little community over there. But one of the things that we do to incentivize people to jump on board Patreon is we do these Metallica cover EPs. That's right. And the cool thing is that we kind of record them wherever we are in the world. Sometimes, That's correct, yeah. Sometimes we're on buses and then in hotel rooms. And yeah. Sometimes we're in Europe or some crazy parts of the states. And I think the majority of these, uh, at least on volume one, I know we're recorded all over the country. I, right. I did a bunch of pre-tracking on the road and dressing rooms, things like that. I'll probably end up finishing this one probably by next week back on the road. So what it means for volume two to be available, everybody, is volume three is very close. But we wanted to go ahead and do an episode. We're going to talk about how we recorded the songs. We're going to listen to them together. It's going to be fun. And that's not even the most exciting news. It's not. Here is some fun news for Metal Up Your Podcast. Is a fan of the show and a friend of ours who, for the time being, is anonymous. Anonymous, yeah. Um, they have procured for us uh, two tickets to the SM show. Yeah, night two. We purchased them from her, and we are giving those tickets away uh, to pay, to a lucky patron. That's right. To to a uh, a patron and a plus one. And uh, we're going to be doing that contest where it's basically we're just going to draw a name. Yeah. So we're going to do that. We're going to announce it at the end of May. And these, so for those of you who've been keeping up at home, the first show sold out in like 10 seconds. Right, yeah. Everyone was really bummed. They couldn't get tickets. The second show they added is for fifth members only. Mm -hmm. That show also sold out very quickly. This morning, they opened up a second chance. Uh, they called it like the second chance way to you can right, just go yeah. get on your computer, keep it and refresh. You might get tickets because that's also sold out. Yep. So um, someone who loves the show and wanted to pay it forward to the show basically sat at their computer and made sure they got them. We bought them from them. We've covered every detail in terms of them being transferable. So if you can get to San Francisco on the second show, which I believe is September 10th, no, it's September 8th. 8th, yeah. Six then uh, these tickets will be yours. So you go to patreon.com slash metal up your podcast, and uh, that's where you can find cover all world blackens, and you can find information about how to win these tickets. Right. So yep. that's kind of an Pretty exciting, ex- very exciting, exciting thing. I mean, we just kind of, I think, kind of blew the biggest part of the show at the top, but hey, how who, do we who follow cares? that? 
Uh, well, hey, listen to us sing Metallica covers. <laughs> uh, if you like the show, go leave us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way. We've been getting some good reviews over there. We're almost yeah. to 400. I know, it's crazy. I'd love to get us to 500 and maybe even 5,000 and maybe even 500 million thousand. 500 million thousand would be amazing. I, I would hope we'd be one of the top podcasts on there uh, by then. We've mentioned the Patreon, of course, which is the way to win the tickets. We also want to give a shout out. We got a new patron this week, Matt Kerr, who's and already a patron, but he increased his pledge. That was very kind of him. Thank you, Matt. So we're lucky. You know, there's some people that have to jump off for different reasons. There are some people that, for reasons that we don't know, uh, bump up their pledges. Yep. So We're grateful uh, for, for the involvement either way that you're getting involved over there and checking out all the extra incentives we have, um, like the cover of Black and EPs and now this, you know, S&M to... Uh, contest and you know we've given out several of the box sets mm-hmm. box sets that we don't even own right correct a couple hundred dollar value box sets we give out rare vinyl last month we gave out a bunch of funko pop dolls uh yeah akeem is uh being spread around the country <laughs> yes he is um all right so those are all the fun things we're on instagram twitter facebook youtube stitcher wherever you listen to podcasts we're on that thing and uh we check in with the uh metal podcast community we get a shitload of emails uh, but we try to read five per episode just to see what's going on. So we're going right. to do that now in what we like to call the email corner. Let's go. All right, our first email is from Alex. He says, hey, dudes, it's your old pal to Alex from Maidstone, England here. My name is pronounced, and he spells it like this, Alex. I think he's saying Alex. Alex? Alex, all right, well. At leaks it is. Uh, I got a new boat, by the way, and guess what, though? What's that? It leaks. Oh, no. That's a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) He says, and I do pronounce Hey, I'm enjoying this coffee that I'm drinking right now. The only problem, though. What's it? The cup kind of leaks. No way. Shoot, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's tough. (laughs) You're trying to think of other ways. No, I've already got them in the chamber. I'm waiting for you to talk so I can interrupt you. Hey, got this bitchin' new roof. It didn't even cost me that much, and I was able to roll the cost into my mortgage. That's crazy. You know why I had to get a new one? Why? Because the old roof leaks. Oh, no, that's a bummer. You know my old foreigner I have? It's a 97 foreigner. Well, the, the, unfortunately, the windshield is cracked, and you know what's the bummer? What? It leaks. It leaks, yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah, shoot. All right. Um, he hates us right now. <laughs> he says, I do pronounce Bowie correctly. On to my question. I've offered, offered, <laughs> I've often wondered... What musicians on long tours, uh, how hard it is to not get wrapped up in the whole rock star cliche bullshit cycle. Uh, the easy booze, drugs, and women, etc. And how hard is it to adjust to normal life after a long tour? Thanks for everything, brothers. Elites from Maidstone, England. It's a good question. That's a good question, yeah. Well, um, I love booze, drugs, and women, so it's really it's easy for me to find all that. Oh, and how to avoid it. Mm, shoot. Uh, to not fall into it. I mean, honestly, for me, it's never been a difficult thing. Um, uh, I've done a few tours where I've decided not to drink just to kind of little self check to make sure that, you know, there's no issue, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably do that on the next tour here, which I'm leaving for in a few days. Um, the women thing, that's pretty easy. I've been married a long time. I'd take that serious. So you stay out of trouble. Yeah, totally. And, and I think the key, uh, in certain situations, whether it is, is booze, drugs or women, whatever, or men, uh, you know, if you, if you feel like you're in a situation that is a little little weird and could be perceived as something else than it is, you know, then just remove yourself from it. Yeah, I mean, I've had dalliances with all of those things in my touring sure. days because the I guess the root heart of the question is those things are accessible mm-hmm. when you do what we do and almost even in some ways encouraged or expected of Sometimes, you. Sometimes, yeah. And so I mean, just even at a bare minimum level, we have a tour manager, and what tour managers really do is they kind of treat you like a big baby. Yeah. 
and I've often like used this example, like if I'm on a van tour in Europe and I've never been there and we didn't have a tour manager for whatever reason, I'm the type of alpha personality. I mean, I'm the band leader in my band. Right. I'm the type of dude that's going to figure it out. I'm going to sure. get a map. I'm going to I'm going to get my boys where we need to go. We're going to go into the city. We're going to get on a train. We don't need to speak the language. Right. I'm resourceful. Sure. Yeah. Easy. Except for when I have a tour manager. Then, then it all goes out the window. I just become like, where do I poo poo and tee tee? <laughs> How do I hold my pee pee when I tee tee? That's when you walk off the bus and the tour manager stand there and you go, where is the venue? Yeah, you can't find. And he it. literally points to the marquee above your head. My dude, uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is when you ask your tour manager something. They're like, "What does Master Tour say?" Oh my god, yeah. Master Tour is an app. But by the way, it's nice that we have this now. I mean, we, you and I have toured for it's years great. and years without anything like that. Oh, yeah. But I remember when they used to actually make tour books. Yep. That looked like a big binder. Yes. But the big, my big pet peeve is like, I'm like, our tour manager's name is Toby, who does an amazing job, by the way. I right. love him, yeah. but. He did it in front of everybody too. I'm like, hey man, what's um, what time is the show tomorrow? Like, my I got some fans coming or what? Some friends coming. He's like, he did the whole like, what does he, what does a uh, master tour say? It's on master tour. Everyone's like, oh, I'm like, you motherfucker. Had to, but then I knew he felt bad because he goes nine thirty. Yeah, I said, yeah, you, yeah, you had to get the jab in though, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I do love master tour. I look at it constantly, like just to double check times, and, and it's great. It's like your day sheet. You know, you can see the hotel out. information. You can see if we have runners. You can submit guests for shows through that. Love it. I mean, it's great. Uh, I did with uh, uh, Need to Breathe's TM. I asked him a question the other day, and he said the same thing to me. He's like, what's the same master tour? And I opened it up, and I go, nothing. Oh, he didn't have it in there. There was one little thing he forgot, and he was like, damn it, you got me. I was like, I wouldn't ask like some of these questions. I always look at master tour. I tell these tour managers, your job is to put the info in master tour and still tell me when I ask you. <laughs> right, Sorry. Exactly. I know that that's annoying, and we're the petulant right. artists or whatever. What it's, instrument do I play again? <laughs> What's master tour? Say? The thing about staying out of trouble really is what you said, is if, first of all, you have to want to be out of trouble. Yeah. If, and if that is something you want to for your own health or for your family, when you find yourself there, because sometimes you can sort of innocently find yourself in a dicey sitch, mm-hmm. you simply get the fuck out of there. Yes, it's absolutely. that simple. And if you really want to, you want some accountability, you let your bros know. Yeah, your, your bros or your ladies know out there who can help you. Yeah, hey, I'm I'm kind of struggling with this. Like I feel I'm trying not to drink on this tour. Can you guys maybe if I if I'm you know going down that path, maybe remind me. Yeah, of what my goals were. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it it, it can sound like a very complicated thing like but it's really not that hard to avoid certain things as long as you want to avoid them um and and also too i think a good thing to note is that what we do now in the 2000 teens is not like it was in the 80s and 90s right it's not like we're out there and there's just like a line of girls waiting to come back to the dressing it's not motley Cruz the dirt no it's not that at all well, maybe not for you, but on Need to Breathe Acoustic Tour, let me tell you. <laughs> the Need to Breathe Acoustic uh, Theater Tour in which people come and sit down and they're polite and listen. Yes, and we have an intermission. And uh, the amount of booze that Motley Crue had on tour, we have that in LaCroix. LaCroix is such a lifesaver on the road, man. It totally is. It's great for not drinking, just getting that carbonation in your belly. So the last thing you asked we should address before we move on is how hard is it to adjust to normal life after a long tour? It isn't hard anymore for me, but there was definitely a learning curve, mm-hmm. on, uh, yeah. and uh, m- my wife and I gaining a muscle for that because I would be totally insane like two weeks before I left. Yeah, and then it would just be super insane for like two weeks when I got home, and then also hard for my wife because she would adjust to a life without me. Yeah, so then she's got my stinky ass being, <laughs> Coming back. being grumpy at home about li- and listening to metal records loud in my studio. Whatever, <laughs> right, so. exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, if anything, I think it'd be more an adjustment for the people you live with than 
yourself, you know, for me, it's a little easier nowadays just to come home. I mean, I come home and I've got a list of things that I've been meaning to do before I left that, you know, like this week it's been, I mean, I'd fix my fence, I'd do the yard work, all this stuff. So yeah. Responsible grown-up ass shit. Well, there you go, Aleeks. John Worm says, "What's up, guys? Big Worm here." What's up, Big Worm? I mean, Big Worm. It hasn't. Uh, if it hasn't happened already, I'd like to call dibs on the 2017 Miami or 2017 Pasadena shows. What he's talking about is, if you're a patron of the show, which I believe Big Worm is, uh, you can come on and be an ambassador and tell us all about your show in the Metal Tales segments. That's right. So uh, it's as simple as that. You just got to let me know. And it would be helpful to remind me if you're a patron or not. <laughs> Some people have tried to squeeze in there without being patrons, which I understand, but it really is kind of just exclusive to patrons for now. Yeah, sure. He says, last year, my wife and I drove to San Francisco for the first time from Yosemite Valley. Uh, we slash I made it Metallica Day. We drove to Cliff's Memorial at his elementary school. Then right after, we drove to El Cerrito to the Metallica Mansion. Took several pics and touched the side of the house. Then we drove to downtown where we had lunch at the famous Tommy's Joint. I even had to see the urinals upstairs that James and Lars were peeing in when they decided to hire our boy Jason Newkid Newstead. He said, I'm also making a six-foot-wide 3D Metallica wall piece out of metal. It's basically It basically looks like the Black Album Metallica letters, only about six feet wide, six inches deep, and hanging on the wall. I wouldn't mind donating it when it's finished to a patron or whomever for a raffle or something. Anyway, that's it. Keep it positive and keep rocking. From West Palm Beach, New Jersey, Florida, John, big worm, worm. That's a big piece he's making. John, we would be absolutely honored to donate that to a patron. Um, yeah, that, I mean, might be a tough piece to ship. So, uh, but maybe if we're coming down on the buses. I was just in Orlando this morning. Yeah, that's true. You were. So um, anytime anyone wants to donate those kinds of things to the show, it's yeah. super cool. And well, uh, send us a picture when you're done with it. We, at the very least, we'd love to see it. Absolutely. Next email is from Vanna Carpenter. She says, hey, fellas, received uh, the Akeem Funko Pop this evening. All right. Uh, who knows? Perhaps a poster, a book, or even a box set. Next, who does You that? never know. You never know, honey. Uh, the possibilities are endless. Thank you, all my best, Vanna XO. See, this is a situation I think we, uh, I'm feeling uncomfortable. She just did an X. This is the situation where you eject yourself from This is it. a hug and a kiss. So I think I need to eject myself from this and maybe move on. I never knew that X's and O's were hugs and kisses. I think it's hugs and kisses. Because yeah. I had a um, a female friend that was like putting those in text messages. Right. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And I was showing my wife or something. And she was like, she wasn't loving it. You She's know, like, what's that? You're like, uh, I was like, I thought X and O, X and O was like, you know, a side hug. I thought it was basically a <laughs> side hug. I thought it was basically like a side hug. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yes. I know the side hug. Huh, the side hug. I feel like that would be like, I don't know, maybe. But no, she reminded, she told, she, well, she taught me that no, yeah. it's, it's hugs and kisses. Like, oh. Like, yeah, I can see how you don't love that. <laughs> uh, it's starting to be clear to me that you would not like that. <laughs> um, I went to a mi- kind of a mixed party the other day. I didn't really know that many people there. I took yeah. my wife and kid and. One of my good friends was there, but I saw his girlfriend first in the kitchen. They were out back. And saw her and gave her a hug and whatever. Go out back to see my buds, and we're kind of standing in mixed company. I know some people, I know some don't. And he's asking me, hey, did you see Teresa? Miss me and his girlfriend, did you say hi to Teresa? And I'm like, yeah, man, I, I gave her a hug. And, you know, I was like, I made sure to give her the side hug slash the ass out hug. <laughs> and uh, we sort of just started riffing on that. But I could tell that some of the people who didn't know me didn't really get the humor. Right, yeah. I was like, you know, I made sure it was appropriate and, uh, you know, made sure it was kind of a half ass out, half side <laughs> hug. And my, my bud's going, good, that's good. That sounds appropriate. I'm that's respectful like, of my marriage. And Thank I'm like, you. yeah, you know, my wife and kid were grading me on it and <laughs> <laughs> making sure it was legit. Some of the people were standing around probably thinking like, 
I can't believe he would even do that. Is he a sexual addict? Oh my gosh. Okay, Jason Berkowitz writes in, I've been a fan since the very beginning. To me, Metallica is by far the greatest band and still the best live band around. I've had the privilege of seeing them with all three main bassists. No disrespect to Ron McGovney, but to me, definitely not a main bass player. I agree. Sure. He says, Cliff Hasm will always be my favorite. I appreciate Jason and Robert's playing, but Cliff was the man. It was his influence that took them from the thrash onslaught of Kill 'Em All to the more melodic flow of Ride the Lightning. I've never jumped ship with the boys, even though, uh, even through the load and reload and the atrocity that was St. Anger. Uh, and then he sent a picture of us at, uh, he says he was at an Atlanta show, but we didn't go to that show. Uh, unless he was talking about St. Louis or, or, uh, or, or Detroit. Well, or I'm wondering, uh, did you, I, I haven't seen the picture yet, or is he talking about back in the day when you went to Summer Sanitarium in Atlanta? No, because it's a picture of him in a stadium. Okay. That was at the Georgia Dome. Yeah, we weren't at that one. Anyway, he says, killer show as always, Jason. Thank you so much, Jason. Jason's also a new patron. So Thank you, Jason. Yet another opportunity to say thank you to him. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was almost sung. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, if you signed up on the mailing list last week, you received <clears throat> the uh, Weigh Your Crap jingle. That's right. Uh, someone actually, uh, I believe, tweeted at us. Um, there is a toilet seat that is designed to weigh your crap, apparently. How can the seat weigh your crap? I, well, I've already seen some flaw, flaw with it. Yeah, I could, I've detected flaws I've detected flaw. So here's the thing. I understand. Okay, if you sit down, it's got your weight. You poop. X amount of weight is missing. There's the weight of your crap. However, to properly weigh your crap, you'd have to sit down and lift your feet off the ground. You can't because otherwise your feet are on the ground. It's you know some weight's actually hitting the floor, not the toilet seat. But so. can you get an accurate weight by sitting down? I think you have to be vertical. I think as long as the weight is just concentrated on said seat. Right. If your feet are on the ground or maybe on a squatty potty, there is some weight being put on there. So the trick is having my thing would be taking the squatty potty idea. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know what the squatty. Okay, I'm with that. I had a sure. girlfriend that was big in the squatty. Making potty. sure, yeah. Uh, this would be an add-on feature to the toilet. Maybe the squatty potty is actually attached to the toilet. So you sit down, put your feet up on that little thing, mm-hmm. and all your weight is off the actual ground and only on the toilet. Boom. When do we? Yeah. When can we expect to get NASA involved? Is what is what I'm curi- most I mean, curious. Most curious. They're probably about. listening right now from space. Right. From well, Mars. The NSA is definitely listening. TSA is listening. TSA is listening. Yeah. Um, the USPS, the FBI, sure. the BBC, HBO is listening. Yeah, CCTV, the, C- the DVD, yeah, the DVDs, CCTV, yeah. the V8, the VCR. Yeah, v- betas are listening for sure. Betamax is listening, yep. and LD Laserdisc is listening. <laughs> oh, the Laserdisc is always listening. <laughs> Laserdisc is omnipresent. It's got nothing else to do right now. <laughs> well, I guess we have one more email. We got one more email split. from Jacob Isaacson Osmo or Osmo. Uh, I says, hello, friends. Hope you're all doing well. The last couple episodes have been great. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I just want to write in with a suggestion for a future episode. Since Metallica and Ghost are touring together in Europe this summer, I'd love to hear an episode where you guys uh, <clears throat> listen to and comment on a Ghost album. Uh, Meliora? Uh, is it Meliora? Meliora. Meliora, Yeah, perhaps? I can't pronounce any of their shit. Um, I'm sure you, uh, you have a lot of fans that are uh, fans of Ghost too, and would appreciate that. Keep up the great work. Jacob Osmo. Awesome. That would be fun because you're a ghost guy. I've never really tapped into ghost. Man, that we haven't really talked about this in a while, but that's crazy because you would love it. It's so good. Yeah, I feel like I would. I need. I do need. I mean, I've heard songs here and there, and, I, and when and when the singer uh, was doing that, uh, uh, was the honors thing that James or sorry, uh, Lars and 
Robert, what's his name? We're at. Yeah, that was the um, in Europe. Uh, some, some prize. I don't know. It started with a P, right? Pulitzer. Prize. It was a Pulitzer Prize. It, yeah. it, it, yes, it was a Pulitzer Prize. It was a. Um, what, what song did he sing? Was nothing else matters or Inner Sandman? He, he did Inner Sandman. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that wasn't that great. I mean that that okay. was that was um, nothing compared to how fucking awesome Ghost is. Right. Yeah. And that wasn't even Ghost. That was just Tobias. Yeah. And like some kind of backing band, but. Their last record, Perquel, Perquel, I can't pronounce any of their, st- <laughs> it's so frustrating. Damn it, guys. Their last record is heavier. Meliora is kind of like a pop record. Okay, cool. I mean, it's heavy, but and it's metal, but it has more like catchy shit, whereas right. the last record is heavy. Yeah, it's cool. It's Dude, it's fucking cool. Okay, okay. okay. Well, let's do it. We'll do, you know what, someone else had another good idea, too, that we can now do in my, st- well, I don't know how we'll do it, but to do a um, an anal vomit list, listen through, because I've actually never heard it. Oh, we can do that. I've got the tape deck. You still haven't put the tape in? I haven't. I haven't heard it yet. Maybe we'll listen to Let's it after, after it this then, episode. Yeah. Oh, with that cassette deck, that's that's easy to hook up into the, into your rig. Is it? It's put- yeah, just it's what is it, RCA out? Yeah. Just get a just get um <clears throat> RCA female to uh quarter inch. That would be so fun to listen to it through the, then, the actual yeah, tape. Then all you have to do is put the cassette in once it goes into a channel on your rig over here. We're at HQ two, by the way. HQ two, keeping it real. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe through the Patreon donations, I'm just going to hire you to be my engineer here. Perfect. Because I would have just stopped it. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> You're like, no, it's easy. RCA out, and you convert those, and you put that in. And yeah. it's, it, I see the flow chart now. Well, yeah, the, yeah, the flow chart. <clears throat> flow chart it, makes sense. Yeah. I, I've just had a lot of experience in, like, I like to transfer vinyl from time to time whenever I have a record that I don't own digitally. Uh, I'll hook up my record player into my interface, um, transfer the record into logic cut up all the tracks and it's cool because you're like you're forced to listen to the entire thing in order to get a digital copy of it and what's cool and it's a cassette this might work out cool too but uh, uh i leave the needle drop in hmm. so i have a couple digital rec- ver- versions of records on my phone and when you put it on in the car you hear now that would be a fun shirt to have that would be a fun shirt to have <laughs> um cool well I think that's it for emails, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for writing in. It's Metal Up Your Podcast Show at gmail.com. We love hearing from everybody. We love hearing everyone's Metallic stories. And uh, we, of course, love hearing about how we've changed your lives via the magic of the podcasting. Yes. So uh, let's get out of here and talk about Cover World Black and Volume 2. Let's do it. <laughs> Hey, it's Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we hope you're enjoying the Metal Tales from the Road series. If you've been keeping up with us, then you already know that we've covered every stop on the 2018-2019 North American Arena Tour, and we look forward to catching up with all of our European friends later this year on the Stadium Tour overseas. And there's more! After the Stadium Tour, we are continuing the Metal Tales series for any Metallica show in the past. Maybe you saw one of the Orion festivals. Maybe you were at the Channel in 1984 and Cliff Burton bought you a beer. Maybe you were at one of the 30th anniversary shows or you just saw a regular ass show in North Dakota somewhere. We want to hear from you. Since Ethan and I started Metal Up Your Podcast, we wanted to find a way for listeners to call in and share their stories. Well, this is it. To make yourself eligible for a future or past Metal Tales episode, please consider joining us on Patreon. For $5 a month, you not only get to come on the show as a guest, you also get both of our Cover Our World Blackened EPs, monthly giveaways like deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, posters, and other goodies. You get early access to our YouTube videos, and we also let you ask our guests like Ray Burton, Michael Wagner, Hailstorm, members of Slipknot, 
your very own questions. For what essentially amounts to two cups of coffee a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. For any of you on the ride with us, we love you, we thank you, peace and adios. Well, here we are, and we're going to listen to Cover Our World Black in Volume 2. So it's so fun to make these for the patrons, to say thank you to them. There's also a sense of that where we work so hard on them, and we think they're so cool that I love the day like today when we can let lots of people hear it. Right, yeah. Because, you know, this takes a lot of TLC. Sure. Well, there's a lot of people, too, out there that aren't involved in Patreon and don't get to hear it. And so it's fun for us to, you know, present it to you, and we can talk about it as it's playing, and think of some stories that happened while we were recording it and things like that. Um, and it's just, I think, a cool glimpse into kind of our other tastes in music, too. Yeah. Because it's not like we're doing verbatim covers of these songs even close. No. And and speaking of that, so we can lead off here with track one, which is my version of... Mo- and usually what we do is we do a Clint tune, and Ethan tune, yep. and we sort of alternate. Pete, let's just address this, too. People keep asking when we're going to do one together. And it's just a matter of... It's, like, hard to find time. I mean, honestly, we... we like. Each song or each volume we've done so far, we've discussed it. Like, they'd be fun to do something together. And more so than just me sending you a track and you doing a harmony or whatever. Like no, the, like doing it together. Sitting yeah. down and arranging it together and stuff. But it's it's difficult enough to, like, find time to carve out in our weeks when we're to, uh, touring or at home to even record the podcast, let alone do all this other stuff. Clint's writing a ton. I'm doing writing stuff. I'm on the road for a longer chunks. You know, Clint, Clint does a lot of the weekend touring stuff, so... And when he's home during the week, it's nothing but riding with other people. So yeah, it's tough. I'm usually doing like, I'll be able to put an acoustic guitar down here before a write or do a vocal here in between writes. Yeah, and totally. it's just very Frankenstein together. So maybe one day, maybe someday. Someday. Now, speaking of doing these really differently, I think I did Motor Breath last. So I'd already had my three tunes and. It is different sounding. You're going to hear it in a second. It's more mm-hmm. of a um, kind of Elliot Smith take on it. But it follows the chords. It really it, follows yeah. the actual chord progression. That's what I like about it. But you, you, you kind of had to rearrange, uh, not rearrange, but just like rearrange the phrasing a little bit on certain parts. And yeah. I, and, it, and it works very well. This is honestly my, you know, my favorite of yours, oh, cool. your four on this one. Well, let's start listening, and we can... Uh, I'll have nothing good to say about the other three. That's hey, that's fine. Is it, hey, if you can just, if you blow the whole load on the track one, I'm cool with that. Okay, perfect. that it's an electric piano but i doused it in reverb i love it total accident yeah living and dying laughing and crying once you've seen it you'll never be the same life in the fast lane it's just how it seems hard and it's heavy dirty and mean First chorus is real low. I love having that little space right there, though, too. That climb you did right there is really cool. Yeah, it's cool. 
sort of lended itself to that. So yeah. My friend Mark Evitz on strings, he killed it. Yeah, I was just about to ask uh, the dude's name that did it. Is it did he just do uh, violin? He did like a quartet. Cool. So there's a cello and three, a viola and two violins. So awesome. Don't stop for nothing. It's full speed and nothing. Taking down, you know, whatever's in my way. Getting your kicks as you're shooting the line. Sending shivers up and down your spine. You really hear the quartet here. That's beautiful. Falsetto chorus too sounds so cool. But even going from like uh, the first verse to the second and doing an octave higher, it's, it takes it to an ex- another level. Added some percussion in the third verse. Kind of the song kind of ramps up the whole yeah. time. If there's ever a four-hour-long documentary about Metallica, they need to use this in it. It sounds like it should be in a movie. Hey, um, I back that. So, James, if you're listening. We recorded those strings on the road. Um, Mark Evans, the dude who did the strings, he's the fiddle player for Rodney. Right, yeah. They sounded beautiful. So, usually, what, he's so good that usually what we do is he just tracks it at his studio and yeah. sends it to me and I mix it in. But it was a cool, unique opportunity while we were, like... We you know we had hotel rooms and yeah. it was like before soundcheck was like you want because he he usually takes his shit on the road because he's composing or mixing right yeah. he's in school at Berkeley like on an online program so he's always got his gear right yeah and of course his fiddles vault his fiddle vaults on the road with us so a fiddle vault he's got a fiddle vault we give him so much shit for it is it like three feet tall no it's big no it holds all his fiddles he's got like four or five fiddles on the right road. but I mean a fiddles what. Well, so no, it's a big vault. I'm so, just I'm just imagining a guitar vault, which is normally about let's say five and a half to six feet tall sometimes, because you got two drawers on the bottom, then you have the guitars above that. So I'm imagining a fiddle vault with these tiny drawers at the bottom, and like, and just you know however long a fiddle is, let's just say two feet. You know what I wanted to do? I mentioned it to him. I wonder if he's busy. I wanted to call him and get him on the show to talk about uh, talk about what it was like recording on these Metallica songs. You're just going to cold call him? Yeah, let's just see. <laughs> this will be fun. But yeah, this is fun, right? I love it. We're all about fun here at Melby Podcast. You know this. I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. Little. Yellow. 
different. We sort of amazingly, on a whim, just got our friend Mark Evitz on the phone. Mark is the fiddle player for Rodney Atkins. He's a, a wonderful composer and a songwriter, and uh, he's the dude that I've somehow roped into playing all these <laughs> Metallica songs with. So you would have heard of him first on Cover Our World Black in Volume 1, where he came over and did Low Man's lyric, yeah. replacing the hurdy-gurdy. That's right, yeah. I mean, I got to say, you did a great job replacing the hurdy-gurdy. That's a, that's a tough instrument to replace. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. So you're not... Mark likes a lot of different kinds of music. He's obviously big into classical music, but a big progressive guy and into Genesis and stuff, but maybe not a Metallica, Metallica fan. So what was it like hearing these songs and being playing on a Metallica record? So it was super cool in that um, I felt like the music that you were producing, Clint, felt like really comfortable. So it was like because I play on records that are a little bit softer and a little bit more like singer-songwriter, um, I, I was like, okay, I know this. And so what was, for me, the cool part about playing on the record – on this Metallica one was it was that production and that vibe, but I got to hear the lyrics where you're right. I, I didn't grow up listening to Metallica. Or, so I don't know like what these songs are. And I was like, these are actually like kind of bitching songs. Like yeah. these songs are like really good. And they, and it shows that they're good songs in that they can stand on their own. Like they can stand on their own two legs without production, without like, just like, you know, thrashing ahead, if I can say that. But it's just like, it, if you just strip it all down, they're still great songs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's what, uh, you know, as I got older, you know, well after my parents were concerned about me listening to music like Metallica, you know, at a certain point, like I, uh, I showed my dad the Apocalyptica record, which is four cello players doing Metallica songs. Mm -hmm, and, that's mm -hmm. when, and that's when he realized, like, wow, these are really melodic tunes. Yeah, yeah, they're melodic. They're I, th I think they're lyrically they're great. Melodically they're really cool. And and like you said, you know about the hurdy gurdy. It's like you listen to that part, and I mean it's like a really well thought out part. Like it's a it sounds musical, and it's it's really cool. It's not just some doofus that's that doesn't know what he's doing. Like these guys are definite musicians that know that know music. Oh yeah. I like to imagine James Hetfield hearing this episode and just a single tear sliding down his eye. Like, <laughs> they really get it. They totally get it. They, they know that we hired the, the top A-list hurdy-gurdy player. <laughs> There's a short list, short list of hurdy-gurdy yeah. players to call. The song that we just listened to was Motor Breath, which I don't know if you remember, Mark, but... So, so for some of these, Mark comes to my studio or he just does it at his place, sends yeah. it to me, because he's, you know... Me and Mark have been working together for so long, and he's so good. I don't usually have to micromanage or produce him that much. But for this one tune, we were, I don't know, do you remember where we were? We were on the road somewhere, and we just did it in a hotel room, right? We were, we were actually in North Dakota at Hell's Lake or something or Hell's whatever. Lake. It really was called something like that. It was called it was called Demon Island or something. It was something weird. <laughs> what was funny was, was Clint, I remember you like, tagged it on instagram as like oh you know just hanging out with my friend friend lucifer and it, like you added like a demon or whatever <laughs> yeah. and then it was literally and you're like oh shit this place is actually called like hell island or something it was actually called that and yeah appropriate place to record these strings then <laughs> yeah i was trying to find that picture because I, I don't know if i posted it on the melody podcast thing but yeah i, I kind of like superimposed a demon on the wall 
<laughs> as, as Clint does. But what's funny is no, no one really saw the demon part. Clint right now is scrolling through his phone of all the photos he superimposed demons. That are in. all demons. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of fun with like some of our crew members where we'll take like pictures of them and take their heads off and put them on like pizza and, sp- right, and spaghetti yeah. and shit. <laughs> So I have to scroll through my... If you could see how many of those I have on my phone, I'd probably be arrested or something. (laughs) Um, So that was fun, though, because we were able to be out on the road. Because I was explaining, Mark, that you usually take your gear on the road because you're you're studying at Berkeley and you're always composing and editing stuff. So it worked out nice. Yeah. In fact, I was going to tell you guys, this is totally off the subject of this, but um, so... I had a class. Um, it was like a it's like a music business trends and strategies. So basically, uh, my story, real quick, is that I'm like I do like composing for film and TV, and I do like all this stuff. But I like graduated high school and like went straight into playing music, and like always had this kind of desire to go back to school. And Berkeley uh, is a college, of, you know, like a music college, and they have this thing like a program to. For, for basically people like me that, that just like went straight into the music program and you can go back into um, you can you can go back to school and get your degree through like an online course that they have for for musicians so I'm, I'm in that and I'm taking this music business trends and strategies class and I find out that my teacher is like a total metal freak yes and so we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about uh, ways of like creatively um, like branding online and like what companies that there are to, to do this. And so I bring up Patreon and I bring up that, that there's like, um, that there are people out there that you can like make a monthly subscription and you can help buy in to the thing. So I bring up this podcast and I say, these guys have this awesome podcast that like is, you know, that, that basically they have all these listeners and these listeners help keep this podcast going they helped do it anyway. I wrote a paper about you guys. Oh. That's, that's where I was gonna. Yeah, that's the end of that story. But <laughs> Ethan's gonna print it out and have it framed. Yeah, well, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna grade it first. Of course, well, it needs to be yeah. graded by you, not as yeah. not not the professor. I think when I leave here, I'm gonna stop by Walmart and grab a couple red sharpies, just you know, just in case. <laughs> He's gonna frame it and put it right in front of the crap weighing toilet, so you can always read it when you're in that serene, quiet moment. Exactly. Yeah. During crapping. That's right. Yeah. What, what I'm hoping is that the teacher, because he was way interested in this podcast, that he actually listens to this part and is like, oh. So they talk about crapping a lot. I sure, that, I, I sure hope he listens to it. Well, you missed out, Mark. On a, on the last several episodes, we've sort of, in a tangent, devised a we invented a toilet that weighs your crap for you. Yeah, and I wrote. Oh, a, nice. oh you've heard the jingle. I played the jingle for Mark on the bus once. The way you your did. crap. You did nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's not real until it has a jingle, and then when it has a jingle, that's a great shirt, by the way. It's not real until it has a jingle. There you go. That'd be a neat shirt to have. So after we did that, I remember another one that I thought about Mark that was great for from Volume Two that we'll get to a little later. But since we have Mark on the phone, we'll talk about these. Is the whiskey in the jar? Yeah, because mm-hmm. it has it's like traditional Irish song. I mean, that song doesn't even really belong to Thin Lizzy. That's like a public domain, right, yeah. Traditional folk Irish song. Yeah. Right? So. Mark, you were already familiar with that song. I was, I'm yeah, yeah. That's a that's a trad uh, fiddle tune. Yeah, like you were saying, it's a like an old Irish fiddle tune. Yeah. So it lends itself perfectly to my arrangement, which is another kind of singer songwritery acoustic yeah. vibe. That's right. Yeah, and what's what's funny about that is that was pretty much the only Metallica song I knew. Like I I knew that song, and that was it. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that song was really a, cool song. that song was a big hit at the time. Yeah. It won a Grammy and stuff. So that that oh, was it did. that was in the public consciousness. Yeah, it definitely was in '98, '99. Yeah. I mean, surely, surely, Mark, you've you've heard "Enter Sandman" and "Fuel." Uh, stuff of like course, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this: I knew the riffs from it, but I knew that song like right. front to back. Like I, I knew like the the lyrics to it and all that. Um, I you know I. I had kind of, I mean, I would say even before the, this project, I, I have a different uh, viewpoint now, but I kind of associated Metallica, may, I don't want to say wrongly, because I think that they are associated with this, but like kind of as just a riff-based band, and where they where they have these like huge riffs, and they they have these like, that that's their thing. And then, like I said, I'm kind of still saying is like, I, I wasn't really familiar that they had like, kind of like the detail they have in their songs right yeah well i mean i mean i think at, at the root of it all there that's you know what is the base of a lot of these songs are these really good catchy riffs right and then yeah. uh, you know th- i guess through the through the magic and wonder of clint's covers you're <laughs> able to kind of <laughs> see them a little deeper yeah yeah now you have you been doing covers as well ethan yeah i yeah we've we, we've kind of we've kind of split it up each ep Awesome. But, but he doesn't have any friends that play strings, so I, I, see. I actually okay. don't know if I no I do, but I, there's, she's in California. Oh, yeah, California. Which I could, I guess, call her to play on it remotely, but she's touring all the time. I I can never know where she is. The last one we did was Mama Said, which was fun because it's it's Metallica's like country song. Yeah, so it was oh, fun because right, right, Mark and right. I play in a country band, so it was fun to like take what we do for our day jobs and lean into a Metallica song. Yeah, totally. Now, was that, Clint, was that the one that has like kind of like a steel guitar riff in it? Yep. And that you doubled, yeah. you doubled it with a violin. Yes. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Super cool. So I was explaining even like, for example, for like Motor Breath, he, he asked what it was and I said it was a quartet, but it's you doing it all. So you're doing a, a cello part, a viola, a viola, and then two violins. Like what, that's the case or what's, tell us about it. Yeah, that. so so typically, I mean, what I've been doing with you, and this is, like what I what I typically do for for a lot of people is I'll like listen to the song I'll like kind of make a chart out of it real quick, and then like I'll lay down like a cello part, and then usually I'll build up and add like a viola part, and then a couple of violins, and if it needs more than a quartet, but that's I you know stick to a quartet, but yeah I I kind of track it all, so I'll I'll do it one layer at a time, like that's like cool. lay down the lay down the cello part, then when I'm done with that I'll lay down the viola, then I'll lay down the violins one one track at a time and kind of build it up in in kind of an orchestral setting so you don't do all of them at the same time uh, right yeah wow <laughs> funnily enough yeah. i thought you had eight <laughs> arms and i was like wow yes that's I'm cool though well i mean uh you know for me hearing hearing that stuff that obviously i didn't do any recording on it's cool to hear uh yeah kind of this this string sh- section you've created under these songs and it sounds great man well, yeah. the stuff sounds great. I mean, it was easy to lay it down because it sounds sounds really, really good. And Mark plays on a lot of the other work I do too, my writing stuff. Right, so, yeah. you know, Mark, you always make it sound better and make it sound real. So, thank you so much for doing that. And he's going to be doing one of the tunes on Cover Our Black in Volume Three. Awesome! So yeah, uh, I'm excited about that. that. That no one knows about yet. Shh. So, Mark, tell, I am excited. Tell the good people where they can find you if they're interested in you. Yeah, sure. If you want to um, check out my stuff, uh, you can you can either go to Instagram and it's just my name, Mark Evitz, E is in Edward, V is in Victory, I, T is in Tom, T is in Tom, S is in Sam, Mark with a K, Mark Evitz. So on Instagram, 
my website's just markevitz.com. It's got a bunch more stuff that I've played on. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, thanks for taking the phone call last minute out of nowhere, <laughs> yeah, Mark. Totally, man. Of course. It was a lot of fun. All right, dude. Have a good day. I'll see you uh, Friday. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. I'll right. see you guys. See ya. Bye. All right. And there was Mark Evitz. What a sweetie. He's a sweetie pie. He really is. And yeah, so like you mentioned, markevitz.com, you can go see his stuff. And he's done stuff on all sorts of TV shows. And yeah, that's cool. He's been on like Grammy Award winning records and shit. So MED. There's that. Now, let's move on into your first tune. Track of, two. Track two. <laughs> well, we won't be calling everyone like that. I just figured that right, was yeah. cool. Uh, oh, I figured we were going to call all sorts of people, even they didn't play on it. Tell us about why you chose The Memory Remains. Uh, well, honestly, I, I didn't choose that at first. What I did decide beforehand was because I was kind of fresh off of my reggae record I made, mm-hmm. and I thought, man, it'd be really cool to reimagine some Metallica songs in this genre because I don't think it's ever really been done. I did find one version of the Unforgiven on YouTube, and it's pretty good. It's like a reggae style, so I just had the idea to do it like this, and then this was the first song I kind of picked to see if it would it would work. You on organ? Yeah. yeah, I played everything. The only thing I didn't do was the uh, backup vocals, uh, fem- female ones, obviously. It's almost like a little Metallica companion piece to Let It Burn. It kind of is, yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, a lot of these songs are a little dirtier, and you know, but you're right. I, I like that a companion piece. No, you had a watt pedal. You have a watt pedal? I have three. <laughs> really? Yeah, two don't work. But Look yeah. out, Kirk Gamut. All three of them are uh, were gifts from my dad. Mm. Er- original Crybaby, original Vox, and then a newer one called a uh, Jeffrey T's Wah. You're the only one that actually plays solos on these projects. I know. I kind of dig it. I love solos, man. I just wanted to throw out like a cool, chill vibe, you know, like, you know, you kind of do the more ballady thing. And I thought like, man, this will be fun to like, again, expose people to maybe a style of music they're not usually used to listening to in a familiar way. I think it's so cool. It's fun. Yeah. I won't be doing it on the next one, unfortunately, but I couldn't pull this off. Well, this is kind of what I grew up doing, man. What I'd like to do is maybe start slowly by just wearing like a Hawaiian shirt every day. I, I think like a fake dreadlock wig would help. A fake dreadlock wig and maybe yeah. like this is Hannah by the way. Beautiful. Just soaked in reverb. Doubled on the wall. Good bass playing. Thank you. And I think most of these tracks, minus like the leads, vocals, a lot of stuff was just done. Uh, let's see. Actually, you know what? A lot of this wasn't done on the road because I wasn't on tour last year. So there were a couple things were, but.
Ethan Luck gonna play a solo right Here now. Here it comes. Crap weighing toilet. How much does it weigh? So this last one is me and Hannah. Uh, we recorded this at her house, one of her house one night. And this is just her and I around one mic. I think we tripled this. I love the organ. Oh, thank you. It's kind of essential to the reggae vibe. It absolutely right? is, yeah. That would clavinet, yeah. Yeah, we just did this in her living room. What kind of mic did you use? I just used my little, it's like a $300 AKG. I think it's a Perception. Yeah, that was a really fun one to record. Uh, anytime I can get my friend Hannah on track, she's the one that sang all the background vocals on my record, or all the female vocals. Uh, she opened, her and her friend Alyssa have a project called The Daily Fair, which opened, they opened my release show last December. Both sweetie, sweetie Pies. Sweetie Pies, yeah, and both great voices. And Hannah just, Hannah's one of those girls, you, you see her in person, you're like, I'm sure you can sing, but then when you hear her, you're like, oh my God, how yeah. is that voice inside that little body? Yeah, so it's cool, man. So thank you to Hannah for uh, tracking on that one. We got two reload songs in a row, Ooh. which was unplanned. Unplanned. Because I guess the way we decided the track list is we kind of just got a vibe for everything. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know why I tackled Where the Wild Things Are. It's definitely the hardest Metallica one I ever did. Yeah. Jason Newstead's last co-write. That's right, yeah. I love the lyric, and uh, I love how weird it is, and it just doesn't get enough love, so it was fun to just maybe put a little spotlight yeah, on absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. This is not one that most anyone would think to cover. Um, so I guess let's just jump in and we'll talk let's about it. Let's dive in. My my first inclination when doing these is to make make it more piano and acoustic driven, right? Yeah. Rather than electrics. Yeah. Although there's some electrics in this tune. The piano's nice. It's kind of soft. You know? Yeah. Four on the floor, kick drum. That's yeah. a, that's not there in the Love normal that. track. Just needed some movement, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That was a, that was a good call for a, for a cover for sure. Way you I think we have like eight new Way Your Crap jingles. I, I know, think. man. One of the things that was really fun about deconstructing this song is these harmonies on the left side are so strange. Yeah. I basically just ripped James' exact harmonies because I couldn't, I would never have thought of it. Because he's yeah. not a trained singer, you know? Right. So for him to hit him to go like in an unconventional way is cool. I think he probably just gets a mic and goes for it. Yep. They piece it together. I just love these dissonant chords in yeah. the chorus. This is very Alice in Chains. Mm, thank you. I mean, I am saying that it's more your version than theirs. Yeah. I love that industrial loop in the back. Yeah. 
That's basically a key change, right, for the chorus? Seems like it. The, this main section's in E minor. I think I did everything down a half step, like, yeah. lo, like Reload is. So it's E flat, but that chorus is... I think it's a C major 7, so it's in there. Yeah. I honestly don't remember. <laughs> like right there. Isn't that a key change? I can't remember. It's just chords. The thing... I guess I should have thought more about that before we did this, but... Hey, it's all right. The thing about, for me, I don't know if you feel this way, is like, I live inside the song. It's like living in a fire. Like, yeah. It's, I'm all about it. I'm listening to it every night when I go to bed. Because I really want to get inside of it to reimagine it. Right. But when I'm done, I'm done. Yes, totally. Like, I don't play it to myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't even listen to the project when we were done with it. Right. See, I think... When I, I'm making it, you got to swim in it. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. I, I often will revisit stuff a little bit later just in case I think, like, maybe I do want to add something else to it. Like, I think it might be done, but then I'll give it a few days, listen to it in the car a few times. I do like, that when oh, we're making you know, it. Right. Yeah. But once we send it to mix, which, by the way, our friend Nathan Thomas did it. This is cool. Vocoder. Yeah. Really trippy. Yeah, I dig it. That was the most challenging part. The bridge to that song on the recording is probably one of the weirdest recorded moments of Metallica. Yes, yeah. Excluding Lulu or something. Sure. Because it sounds like they just slowed the tape down. Yeah, it's real weird. So to recreate that, I had to just get creative with the vocoder. Yeah. And... Well, you done did all right, son. Thank you. It's a little electric in there. Yeah. Flanger on the vocal for this last one. That's cool. For the bass stuff, I don't know what you do for that, but like, if, if there's something that's really important to the song, like hooky, like there's a the way the bass does the descending thing on that in the choruses, I definitely lifted that from Jason. Right. Yeah. But sometimes I just kind of do whatever makes sense for what that, I'm. Yeah, doing. that's kind of where I'm at, especially with kind of doing a little bit of cross-genreing with the reggae tunes. You know, it was right. you tough have to... to. You, yeah, you kind of have to do it to... And a lot, of, you know, with with my versions that are in the in the reggae style um, it really was just about starting with the drums and bass. 
and getting like a feel for it. You know, I, I, when I picked the songs, I was like, which, which would work well in this style. And then once I figured that out, then I uh, always start with drums and bass. Well, in the reggae, the, the, the pulse of the reg of a reggae rhythm is so different. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of the signature parts of reggae is that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, guitar and, and guitar mainly is primarily like a, a percussion instrument. Unless mm-hmm. there's a lead. Yeah. You're just doing either. Or. Yeah. You know, it's, it's percussive. So like the drums and bass are kind of what move the song. So we decided to do, which this perplexed some people, but Metallica's covers, Metallica covering other people, we covered their cover. Right, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think it's appropriate only because a lot of times over the years, I start to associate these songs as Metallica songs because yeah. they've done them for so long and for done sure. them so well. For sure. Um, I had originally wanted you to do Last Caress, but you did Die My Darling, and I'm glad you did because yeah. this is actually is my favorite piece of yours on this record yeah this is the most upbeat thing i've done for the cover will black and stuff for it's sure awesome. it's like it's kind of reggae but like the rhythm on the guitar i'm doing is, is this it's this weird thing it's it's more like reggae punk it's kind of yeah you honored the punk rock of it yeah and that's it's kind of the scottish too Scott, you know, yeah. yeah horns and stuff So sick. It's got good movement. It's, that kick drum kind of just keeps going the whole song. Love the vibra slap. Yeah. Gotta have it. These harmonies are fun here. A lot of intricate stuff happening rhythmically. Yeah, I mean, again, the bass, it, like, it, got to keep it moving, you know? But between the organ, the chirpy guitar, yeah, the hi-hat. And that organ, I just did, got, got, and then put a slap back on it. Ah. Got, 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 got. You can play it that way, but it has a cool feel when you, when you do it, like, with a slap back. See, you brought the party. You bring the party to cover our I brought the party. Maybe I'm not on the next one. I'm going pretty mellow. In the crabbling toilet. When you weigh your crap. It's an interesting song because it's 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 literally just two parts. It right. just repeats. Right. But I, f- I feel like I achieved something that keeps your attention. It doesn't feel you know? repetitive to me. Right. Feels like you're on a ride. Yeah. I love that vocal. Oh, thank you. got a great pulse yeah
So fun. If you like to have fun, then you, you're going to love that song. Was that weird delay shit at the end? Is that on the whole thing? Is that just like coasting and making a big bed? Or did you just add that? Uh, at the end, like Nathan, I think, added that on the very ah. last hit. Uh, there's other songs I've done like on my record um, where like I just like find like this crazy trippy trip triplet on like on a delay, hit it so it's like gah, 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 and then it starts to oscillate itself mm-hmm. and create this pad. Yeah. I love doing that and just keeping it tucked down a little bit and just adds a little bit of something to it. Once again, Nathan Thomas, who mixed the record for us at a bro rate. And the Patreon stuff is what helps pay for that. That's right, yeah. Um, the artwork for Volume 2 by Nick Makoviak is yeah. so fucking sick. He did awesome, man. Uh, you can find him if you want to hire him to do any of your artwork. I think he's reasonably priced, and he's eager to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and good dude, yeah. Especially for you folks out there that have bands or or whatever. Um, yeah. All right, we're well, moving on to Whiskey in the Jar. Yeah, this is a good oh. one. Now, here's the bummer about this, though. I lost this session. Oh, that's right. So what you're really here's what you're really hearing is my two mix. I forgot about this. Where I wasn't it's just the reverb I slapped on the whole mix bus just to give it a little bit of life as I was right. thinking about what else to add. So it's I believe it's the one guitar and me singing it live. Then I double tracked the guitar yeah. and added some perk. And then I I I you know, I thought I was gonna go back into the session and Fix yeah, stuff of course, clean yeah. stuff, and I I think I had like a week of gigs, yeah. so I left and I had my little mixy. I'm listening to it the whole time, thinking, "Oh, there's so many problems. I got to fix this." Yeah, yeah, come home and bye bye. Well, actually, Mark had come to the studio to do the strings. Oh, uh, okay. And I couldn't find the fucking session. Oh my gosh. Which you ever you know what that feels like, right? Like absolutely, I do. Because you remember the, the, the that will not be named black album episode. That's right. Well, yeah, that, that went bye bye. But the thing is, I looked. Even though I didn't like maybe some of the elements of the two mix, I loved the vibe. Right. Like, I loved the way I sang it, and I, I just wasn't sure I could do it again. Sure. So I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do to salvage this? So what you're really hearing is my two mix that we just put strings on. Yeah, love it. And so another sh- um, shout out to Nathan is I basically said to Nathan, I remember it was when I went to record my solo for Let It Burn at Paul's studio. Yeah. Nathan was there just hanging out. I remember telling him, I was like, man, can you salvage this for me? Like, if I record the strings in my studio, I know it sounds like it's not that big a deal, but to not be able to record the strings in the session and mix them and glue them yes, in the session correct. and put them in a mix bus with everything, and there's all this glue that happens. Right, yeah, of course. So to just record, it'd be like me taking creeping the recording of Creeping Death and recording a solo over it. Yeah, exactly. The trick is, how do you make that solo sound like it was in the same room as the drums yes, and the guitar? Exactly. This is this is why the however many people on YouTube that have uploaded their versions of Injustice for All with they, their own bass to it. That's why it doesn't sound that good, right? Because you weren't there and it wasn't in that session in that gear. You can make it have more low end, but like what you're talking about, there's there's a something to putting it in that session. So Nathan did some magic, and uh, I think he pulled it off. So you're basically hearing, the, to wrap this all this up, what, the, what's exciting about hearing the first little two mix I did is that it, all that th- sort of kinetic of the first pass mm-hmm. is all there. Right, yeah. It, it's not like slaved over. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just got this immediacy to it that I think turned out well. Yeah, And I then, think of course, so too. Mark Evitz on the string. So here's a little whiskey in the jar. One, two, one, two. No click track. I mean, it's all open. Love it. So you're doing that melody as you're finger picking? That sounds great. 
as I was going over the cork and carrot mountains. I always felt like the song was really sad. Right. And the sadness of it doesn't come out in the rockin' stuff. But in this one, it does. So this, for me, brought out the sadness of Absolutely, the song. Absolutely, yeah, you're right. There's Mark. Mark, Marky Mark. And the, uh, the second guitar comes in. Yeah. But it's doing a harmony. harmony. That sounds awesome. I took all of his money. It was a pretty penny. I took all of his money. I brought it home to Molly. She swore that she loved me. No, never would she leave me. But the devil. Was it weird tracking that? Yeah, dabba do ba do do. Yeah, a little bit. Just but, for how tender it sounds. But I just leaned into it. Sure. I'd be tempted to go, yeah, yeah, but do, yeah, but do. The bedrock version. Totally. Added some kick. Yeah. Beautiful strings. Yeah, he really did a great job, man. And then we really we took the solo really country. Yeah. Just after the turnaround. It is. 
It's fun. <laughs> it's it's cool. a really fun song to hear. No, you did a great job on this one. I mean, I, and I, I was just thinking, all of our covers end up being a little bit longer than the originals, just because we slow them down so much. Right. Like I think my Alice in Chains one I'm working on right now is like over five minutes. Yeah. I mean, the original one's long, but. Yeah, you put a bunch of that air in them in space, yeah. and yeah, that sounds awesome, man. Mm. The strings really—I mean, he did a great job. Takes it to the next level. He did it. It does take it to the next level. It does. I mean, this record I just did with Elise, we did um, we did a whole. I really liked where we were at before we had a, we did a day of keys with our friend Jordan Linning. Yeah, and so he had like a B three set up. He had an upright, and he had a grant. You know, he, we did a whole day of keys at his studio. Awesome. And uh, maybe some Mellotron, and just hearing the the difference of that day, just the parts, the textures, the yeah. tones, you know, I think I think what you and I are able to accomplish on these records without other musicians is pretty impressive. Yeah, sure. Because we're other than stuff like that, we're playing everything. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the only thing I didn't do on my four songs was obviously Hannah's vocals. Yeah. I don't That's think cool. I had any other guests on it, but I know that Josh from Need to Breathe, he said he'd uh, play some keys on these next ones for me. Oh, really? He will? Road. Yeah. Nice. He's, he's, a, he's a monster he's player. He's a great keys player, yeah. Um, let's check out No Leaf Clover. Yeah. Is that a Wurlitzer? Yeah, it'll distort a Wurlitzer, some tremolo on it. It's a great sound. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And then I do like freaking 90s hip hop synth right here. Totally. I Sipping just, on gin and juice. Well, I, I had dialed in the gin and juice sound, yeah. and then I, I kind of tweaked it from there. Fucked it up a little more. Yeah, I just wanted this to be real messed up. So you can do that delay in the background. That's kind of creating a layer. Ah, uh, yeah. It's kind of buried in there. But yeah. yeah. Nice long intro. Why not? This establishes the vibe. Yeah, totally. I think there's wah on almost all my songs. Definitely yep. on this one. Kind of here on the right, the right distorted guitar, there's a little more fuzz. Nathan added that. Oh, he did? It's almost like it's breaking up more. You'll hear it on the next verse. You know what's really funny? What's that? Is that gin and juice part? For real? Not far off. I'm, no, no. This is literally just occurring to me. Yeah. Guess what instrument plays that on SNM? For real. Uh, wait, on the original, you mean? Yeah. That's that's an oboe, my friend. Is it an oboe? That we were trying. Yes. To, you kept singing the oboe as like a bass part. I know. I'm trying to tell you, it's like this mid-range, pretty thing. That's an oboe. I didn't realize it was an oboe. That's great. Awesome. <laughs> I'm happy about this. I love when. Pa- Different paths of this podcast cross. I know. <laughs> That's the oboe part. 
Now, when they when they when they've done it live since then without an orchestra, Kirk will play that on guitar. Right, right. Get the bass moving there a little I bit. I was about more. to say again. I think a really nice hallmark of all of your work on this is the bass drum interaction. Yeah, it's got a great <clears throat> groove. So I, mi- I, I skipped the whole bridge heavy section. Obviously, went straight to the melodic solo part. Yeah, I've on skipped, uh, Unified. I've skipped shit too. Double to that with an octave. The harmony, yeah. Oh, the harmony, yeah. yeah. Or there's a double and a harmony in there, actually. Challenging to do those. The Dude, weird falsetto thing. When I originally did this, it was a much higher key, and that was like, oh, that's tough. Yeah. This, I could just do it full voice. Then you weigh your crap Then you weigh your crap Then you weigh your crap Ending with a whirly. Yeah. You brought the party, no doubt about it. Hey, man. I, well, it's going to be interesting to hear people's reactions to Volume Three because I, I can't, I'm kind of going more your vein on the next one, a little more real chill, you know. Well, here's another piano-driven sad bastard one for me. Love it. This one, this one turned out great. I'm glad that I sort of honored my love for these moments on the Load and Reload records. Yes, yeah, you did. You know. Don't forget the way you She has taught me well. Told me when I was young. Son, Instead of an acoustic, it's a piano. Right, yeah. Don't close it for it's done. And the brightest flame burns quickest. That's what I heard her say. And the sun's hot soul to mother. But I must find my way. Electric sounds great on the right-hand side, a little bendy stuff. And then it's the strings on the left, kind of reinforcing the country. It's a viola and a violin. Or, sorry, a cello and a violin. Cello, yeah, I hear the cello on the left. Oh, Mark, man. Hey, dude, ain't bad. Is that your 12 string in there too? It's the first thing I ever recorded with it. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah. See, worth it. It's fun loading this one up with vocals too. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, you kept them pretty, I mean, true to the original, too, yeah. but, I mean, has your own flavor on it, obviously. Um, what I really did was try to make it a little more country. Just yeah. Just lean way into it. Yeah, absolutely. He repeats this bridge on the recording. I only did it this one time. Yeah. I edited some of the arrangements, too. Yeah, I tend to do that. I mean, especially with leads. Quartet. Yeah. chorus really ramps up. Yeah. It's pretty hard to sing. are beautiful yeah I mean I'm just waiting for Metallica to hear this and give me a Metallica Grammy yeah no joke or at least you know invite Mark to play at S&M <laughs> <laughs> let's get up for Mark for a second alright Mark wow what if like all the work of this podcast and all these EPs and stuff, what if the thing that came out of it is that Mark gets a gig with Metallica? <laughs> Mark does, and we're like, wait a second. Like, hey, is this Clint Wells? Yeah, who's this? It's James Heffield. Oh, my God, James Heffield's calling me on the phone. Oh, my God, I'm what, so honored. What do I do? He's like, listen, is Mark around? Yeah, Mark's number. <laughs> we want him to be the featured violin player at SNM too. Is Mark there? No, he doesn't live with me, James. You freaking butthole. You put us in touch. If, I mean, if you're not going to do it, I'm just going to call Rodney. Now... The your, the last song on the EP is your version of the day never comes. Yeah. This was really the first one I ever heard of you doing reggae. Is this the first one you recorded? Yeah. Well, when I first said I think I'm going to do my next batch reggae, I started this one. I think I quickly like programmed some drums and you some did the da da da. Yeah, just to kind of show you like what it would sound like, and then from there I went off and did the other ones. Uh, I think first, but this one came out cool. Yeah, like this one was a little challenging just because the. Kirk's like octave guitar part thing basically became the horn line. Yep. Um, that was it's, genius, it's by the fun way. Fun one to do. Thank you. Um, I mean, dude, if I can, and plus, if I can, you know, 
show Death Magnetic a little more love. Absolutely. Always down. Did Unforgiven 3 on the first one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Let's listen. Let's do it. Whirly again? No, that's a that's an organ. And there's that little layered triplet that just kind of rides it out. Like, how'd so, you how'd you make it do that? Just move the time knob. Wow. That that was on a um, MXR carbon copy. I would set the tempo to be a triplet, and then right before it kicks in, just turn the time way down. I love the effect on the vocal. Yeah, I wanted them kind of overdriven. Surprisingly not an easy vocal to record. Really? It seems simple, but he, I mean, he's got some, Hetfield's got some range, man. Oh, big time. And, uh, I mean, I lower all mine from what he does, so. I think I did too. Yeah. Waiting away you crap. Another one of those cool delay, weird things. The uh, the Dr. Dre synth is doing the horn line too. This one's definitely the most chill. Did you put that effect on the vocal, or did Nathan do that? I had one on the on the original vocal that on my mix I sent him. Just that, like I always send him one is like, here's what I'm thinking. So if you can kind of duplicate that, would be cool. So it it's just this triplet that keeps oscillating, like I was talking about earlier, that kind of creates this weird noise throughout the whole song. So this I had to mess with a little bit because yeah, there's this whole long ass bridge section in the original, you know, key change. So I kept it the same key, but I, th- I feel like it worked out all right. Yeah, I think you did a good job. Yeah, mama. Yeah, dog. Sipping on gin and juice. <laughs> Laid back. With my mind on my money and my money on my 
crap weighing toilet. That, by the way, that delay thing there at the end again, that's that's just one of my favorite things in all of music. If you can make some noise and all of a sudden do that, it's just... You did that with a carbon copy? It's the carbon copy, I got yeah. one of them. You just, you just turn the mix a little over half, turn the feedback basically up to like 3 o'clock. Play whatever, and it'll start. It'll the the feedback is so high, it'll start to oscillate. And you then, just for a second sounded like Tia Carrera and Wayne's where when she sees that strat. There it is, Excalibur. Wow, sixty four Fender Stratocast in classic white with triple single coil pickups and a whammy ball. Pre CBS Fender corporate buyout. I'd raise the bridge, fall down the nut, and take the buzz out the low E. God, I love this woman. Her excitement's palpable. It is. And a whammy bar. And a whammy bar. It will be mine. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No stairway denied. You know, that whole scene happened because they couldn't get the rights to Stairway to Heaven. That's right. Um, well, I think in the theaters, it, the theater version, it had him playing the first few notes of Stairway. Hmm. But once it came out on video is when they pulled it, I think. Right. Um, not a good move on Led Zeppelin's part. Not really at all, because that movie has definitely held up. And well, and it like resurrected Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, Bohemian exactly. Rhapsody was like back on the charts after twenty years because yep. of that car scene. Because of that one scene, yeah, insane. Well, you just heard it, folks. Cover Over Black in Volume Two. You can That's now, right. if you liked what you heard, you can go and purchase that now. Cover Our World Black in Volume One is iTunes, Spotify. Anywhere you can consume music, yeah. you can find Volume 1. That's right. Volume 2 can only be purchased, the MP3s, via our website. That's right. So if you go to uh, metalupyourpodcast.com, there is a section of the website called Cover Our World Blackened where you can purchase it. That's right. And it's an immediate download. It's high quality. And again, it's only five ninety eight. It's 6 bucks. Yeah. And that's that stuff all goes into helping the show. Yeah, that's right. That's actually cheaper than it would be on iTunes because right. they usually do average ninety nine cents per song. Right. So this one would probably be like eight twenty five or something on uh, on iTunes. Yeah. So you're getting a deal. You're getting a goldern deal. That's a daggone deal. Volume man. three is going to be fun. It's just such a fun Metallica centered way to yeah. do something exciting for the podcast. If it's creative, it's exactly. a little different. We get to use our unique skills from what we, for what we do for our jobs. A special set of skills. Um. So anyway, that's where you can go find it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging with us. And uh, don't forget, we are giving away two free tickets to night two of S&M in September. Yeah. Go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash Metal Your Podcast. Get on the ride at the $5 level or that's more. Right. And uh, be a part of what makes the show great and get something in return. Possibly S&M too. Yeah. Anything else to say? I'm excited about cover all of Black and Volume 3. Hopefully it'll be... Uh to the patrons in the next few weeks. For those of you who watch this show, I'm going to be on an episode of The Real Housewives of Dallas. Is this a real thing? Yeah. I'm sorry. Hang on a second. What? Yeah, we're doing... Um, like the Rodney Atkins band or just or just you? No, no, the Rodney. The Rodney. I thought you might be, have gotten some little extra job it or something. It wouldn't surprise me if my charisma... Um, doesn't just burst off the stage and then... Just let, catch the eye of the director. And then... <laughs> I caught the director's eye. But then before I know it, they're offering me a recurring role. That's right. You know what? The director, he, I think he knew I had what it, what it takes. We're doing a, we're performing a private party for them, for the cast and stuff, but we're also going to be in a scene. So we're playing a proper Amazing. show, but we're also going to like be the band in one of the scenes. You have to sign up for a SAG card? I already have SAG. I'm oh, already you do? SAGged up. 
Se- the Today Show is through oh, yeah. SAG. Yeah, it's well, after all, all those are. You have it's, to like it's SAG and after. Yeah, usually you have to. I remember when I did Leno years ago. You had to basically temporarily sign up, temporarily sign up for that the union and just temporarily get paid, just to get paid. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it was like you know they basically said you have to be part of the union to absolutely appear on this. You do, and then we'll pay you. But then it expires and doesn't really matter anymore. I'm looking forward to updating my IMDb page. Um, you, uh, update that. Uh, put it on motherpodcast.com. Right. Wikipedia. Right. Anywhere Clint Wells is, you're going to see this. The Real Housewives of Dallas. Well, so anyway, that's coming up. We're doing Good Morning America <clears throat> coming up, too. Hell yeah. Which is, we'll be up in Manhattan again. That's another fun load in. Nice and early. Yeah. I did see Josh Freese posted yesterday of, uh, it's a picture from behind the kit, and it's him taking a picture of Dominic Miller. Yeah. Because they're doing the Today Show uh, with Sting, right, and he just looks miserable. And uh, I sent it to my boy Kevin, and he's like, "Doesn't matter what band you're playing in, that load in sucks for everybody." Yeah. Well, and especially if you're a crew guy, you're usually doing it about two hours before everybody else is. Our crew, our crew's curb call was two thirty a.m. Yep, I did that with Kings once when I was when I was on crew. So brutal. And you basically get there and wait around and, right. and eat donuts. Our crew guys were just in the green room, like laying all over the floor, like yeah. so fucking tired. Oh, dude, it's 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 because another thing they didn't tell us and that you probably remember is that you share the green room with everyone who's on the show that day. Yeah, so it's like a green room where they do hair and makeup, which it was really fun to get my hair and makeup done. Oh yeah, like I said, get, pow- get powdered up. Yeah, I did the yeah. whole thing. But you're basically, you know, they have a whole bunch of segments all morning. Yeah, like there was the guy from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And yeah, there were all these other. Uh, Deepak Chopra was there. Amazing. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, this guy's so weird. Um, Dude, that's awesome. Anyway, so you look for us there. Your tour dates are on uh, needtobreathe.com, but also in our last newsletter. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm leaving. Uh, well, as you, as this is as dropping, I you're left yesterday. Yeah, I'm yeah. gone uh, for the next month. So we got more, more remote episodes. We'll be coming doing up, some remote episodes. That's no big deal. No big deal. We're pros at it now. We love you out there listening, and uh, we appreciate you so much. And I would encourage you all, if you really like the show, to to uh, be a big, big, bigger part of it, whether that's engaging with us on the socials or leaving the review or whatever the stuff yeah, is. Be a buddy. Get involved. Jason Brantley, be a buddy. Get involved. Get involved. <laughs> we can't do a whole tangent. We can't right do a whole We got to go. Yeah, we got to go. It's time to leave. All right. Peace. Adios. You're really good at that. If you were our advisor, what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs>